Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. I'm super happy to be here. I think I'm fighting a cold, but I think I'm winning. So uh, for all those of you listening, send me all your, your good vibes, your good your good healing juju. Um, I think I'm still like coming down from such an epic, 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 I don't even know what to call it. Like, I don't even know what to call summer camp, right? Like, an experience isn't even, like, the right word. But uh, it's just been so amazing. I took last week off of LinkedIn completely. Some of you might have noticed that. <laughs> I completely went off the grid, uh, which was also nice. I, I think for me, what I'm realizing more and more is uh, that stability piece and making sure I'm not pushing myself too, too, too hard uh, and allowing myself to rest and relax. And I think that's an important part, whether you're a business owner, whether you're, uh, you know, working internally at an organization that's really fast paced, whether you're a career transitioner right now, whether you're getting into L&D for the first time or you're looking for, you know, that next big role for yours. I just want to remind you to rest and, you know, in taking the whole week off last week off of LinkedIn and social media and just showing up for a couple of my, my one-on-one clients, uh, it really allowed me just to to reset and re-energize for this week. And we so often just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And I could have done that. Um, I had quite a few things that were on my plate last week that I was like, oh man, I really should get those done. But I, I would have shown up in a way that wouldn't have served me if I did that. So do I have a little bit more work this week? Maybe, yeah. Um, but do I have more energy to do it and will it be of a higher quality? Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you are looking for your permission to take a break, whether it's a five-minute break, five-hour break, a five-day break, break, a five-month break, whatever that is, this is your permission. Uh, but speaking of coming back with a vengeance, I am so excited. We are kicking off our live resume reprogram uh program. Uh, I've done this as a masterclass before, but never as a live program. So I am completely redesigning. It's based off a course that I have, but I'm completely redesigning it. Um, it's having, it's been about a year since I've, I've created that course and created that, that formula. And, uh, a lot of, I would say the tenants will say the same, but diff- more examples, uh, more live support, obviously, than you're going to get from an asynchronous course. Um, but really what I want to do inside of this program is two parts. One is, of course, first and foremost, y'all know me, is making sure that we're like hyper, hyper, hyper clear on our niche. Um, and that means those of you who have already done the niche work, coming back to it and just giving yourself an opportunity to check in with it. Uh, and then, But utilizing that as a jump off point to your resume. And and you know, a lot of people will go from their niche work to their personal brand or their niche work to uh, networking. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to take the work we do from a, from all the niche exercises and directly apply them into 
the resume reprogram. And so we are going to, over the course of two weeks, walk through step by step by step together, not only clarifying your niche, but then really looking at your resume from a lens of from a lens of you and what it is you actually want to do next. You know, I'm a firm, firm believer in the one and done resume, uh, but that can only work if you know what your L&D niche is. And so I'm going to walk you all through that whole entire process. Um, you will have uh, pre-recorded modules that you can watch on your own time. I know, especially towards the end of summer now, things are getting kind of busy, winding up for school starting. I know lots of parents, uh, lots of things going on. So there'll be a, an asynchronous component. So uh, a lot of the content you can watch on your own time, but we will have a uh, a live group Voxer. Those of you that have been in in, uh, in programs with me, you know how that works. An opportunity for you to touch base with me every single day. Uh, so get that coaching every single day, which is nice, especially if, like I said before, things are feeling kind of busy, things are feeling kind of crazy right now. Uh, maybe you check in at nighttime or first thing in the morning. Um, I will get back to you uh, with, within that time frame. So uh, you'll have an opportunity to get that feedback from me. And then we're also going to have our uh, in-house resume coach from the L&D Career Club. Emma Strong is going to be joining us and we're going to do a, a big... Um, resume office hours. So towards the end of the program, you'll be able to bring all the work that you've done so far and uh, ask any questions that you have. And what we're also going to do is for those of you that are in the that join this program, um, you will get one resume review um, from our resume coach. So that's really exciting. If you're in the LD Career Club, of course, you know, you get this program included for free and you already get two resume reviews included for free uh, inside of your <laughs> inside of, of the membership. But um, if you want to join this separately, you absolutely can. We would love, love, love to have you. If you go to the overnighttrainer.thinkithic.com, it's the first course on there. It's on pre-sale right now. Um, let's see, this is coming out on August 8th. It'll be on pre-sale through August 11th. Uh, so get it at the pre-sale price. That'll go up next week. Uh, and we kick off next Tuesday. So a week from today, when this is coming out, we kick off on the 15th. It's the 15th through the 30th. We're spending 15 days together, down and dirty you will walk away with a completed resume that you won't be updating every single time you apply for a job. So super excited about that. Again, the overnighttrainer.com, uh, overnighttrainer.thinkific.com. Uh, it'll be the first, well, one of the first courses on there that you can, uh, programs on there that you can grab. It is L&D Resume Reprogram Live, and I can't wait to see you all there. Okay. Speaking of resumes, let's let's talk a little bit about them today. I, I've been, um, especially after uh, L&D Career Summer Camp, I've seen so many people talk about their resumes and it, I feel like it comes up on LinkedIn every like couple, well, I feel like it's every day, but probably in reality, it's, you know, every couple of weeks, every couple of months. There's all these like tips about what you should and should not do you know, with your resume. And I'm a very big proponent of the like, of the anti you should and should not do's uh, because a lot of things really are circumstantial. And anytime someone says do this and it'll land you a job, I usually run from that because it's not as simple as that. Um, however, I think there are like collectively some things that we need to shift in order for us to utilize our resumes in a way that actually works for us. So what I see is a lot of people out there are hustling their booties off, working on their resume time and time again, editing it nonstop, 
constantly creating a new resume, updating it for every single job they're applying for. And it's just exhausting. And what's happening is, is not only is this just not working in general, right? You're not getting interviews from it, but it's also depleting so much of your energy. So what I want to talk about today are some kind of standard things that I've seen from my clients over the last couple of years that for you to focus on that will help you reclaim a lot of this energy and also kind of shift shifting your mindset around what a resume really actually needs to be and its purpose. So I have these kind of like I wrote down like five tips. They kind of all go into each other, but to at least put it in a, at this high level here. What I want to focus on first, when where I think the biggest, biggest shift can happen in your in your ability to utilize your resume to actually land you interviews, is you have to change your mindset around what an, and what a resume actually is. So many people approach doing their resume, and I, I would say the majority of people approach doing their resume as a collection of everything they've ever done. And I get it, right? You're proud of, wow, I've done all these things at all these places and for all this time and I have all these, you know, all these certificates and all this education and all these what awards and all these things, right? And we're proud of them and you should be proud of them. However, the mindset shift that has to happen is your resume is a marketing document, right? That's exactly what it is. And, you know, we think about marketing in general, right? You see, you know, an ad for a new pair of Nikes. They don't tell you about every single Nike they've ever created up until this Nike. No, they sell you on that Nike, this version of this shoe, right? And that's really what your resume is doing, selling people on this version of you. What are you going to be, what What are you, what is this version of you going to be able to do and showcase? Same thing with the new pair of shoes, right? What are you going to be able to do in those new new Nikes. Not what have you done in all your other past Nikes, but what are you going to be able to do in these ones? And so it's looking at your resume as a marketing document that showcases what it is you want to do next through the lens of what you've done in the past. So it's a forward thinking document. A lot of people think it's a past facing document. No, it's forward facing. We're using what you've done in the past, but we're really looking at it from a lens of what it is you want to do next. So when I look at resumes of people, you know, who are like, oh, I've applied to 10,000 jobs and I haven't heard anything. A lot of times, well, if their resume is available, I'll, I mean, I'll, I might take a quick peek just for my own, my, my own curiosity. And I can tell in a second that this person is not actually clear on what it is they want to do next. And that doesn't mean, and you all know this, if, unless this is your first time listening to my podcast, and hello, welcome, I'm so happy you're here. But I think many of you are, have, have, have listened to my show before, and you know that when I talk about finding your niche, I do not mean choosing one job title right? Or not picking one lane and sticking in it. It's, it's thinking about, hey, here's my whole highway. Which lanes can I, can I, can, which lanes intersect? Which lanes can I jump in and out of, right? Really, it's owning the whole highway, not just picking a specific lane. And so I can tell very quickly when I look at people's resumes that it is not clear to them what it is they actually want to do next. And that is the, and I can tell they're in, that, they're in that mindset of here's the laundry list of everything I've done. Please, 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 someone hire me based on the things that I've done. Not, hey, here's the targeted list of things I want to do next. And here's the backup of information that you're going to need 
to showcase that I have those skills and abilities, that I can do that. And so it's a shift in energy from your resume trying to prove that you can do all of these things to your resume just being the document that backs up what it is you want to do next. So I really encourage you to look at your resume and I want you to, to, to read it, look at it almost like have an outer body experience, right? Or ask someone else who maybe doesn't even know anything about learning and development, right? Or whatever it is, ask someone to read your resume and say, hey, in one or two sentences, what is it that you think I want to do next? What type of roles am I targeting? What kind of work will I be doing in those roles? And if someone can't answer that, right? They're like, oh, well, you can do this or you can do that and you can do this and you can do that and you can do this and you can do that. And you're, it's all of a sudden now the laundry list of everything you've ever done. Come back and ask yourself, like, what, what is the story that I'm trying to tell here? And I think that's a huge part. I'm going to talk about the storytelling in a little bit as well, but I want to really go macro. We'll, we'll talk about some things more micro, but from a mindset perspective, you all have to shift your mindsets. This is a marketing document. First, foremost, it is not just because something's not on your resume doesn't mean it's it didn't happen. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, well, if I like if I take this off this res- my resume, I worked so hard for that or that was a really hard project or wow, like I that was something that I was good at for so long. Well, if it no longer serves you, if it's not what you want to actually be doing next, then it comes off. And really again, remembering it's you know, we don't have to tell everyone how the whole sausage has been made this whole time. We're selling, selling the sausage. What does that look like? So that first, first piece is to really, really get into the mindset that your resume is a marketing document. It is not a laundry list of everything that you've ever done. It is a marketing document intended to market and sell yourself. Okay, so that's, that's macro, right? So it's looking big picture. I want to hone in on something that I see. It's the first, actually the first thing I notice. The second thing I can tell if someone knows their niche or not, but the first thing I notice, because I'm a person with eyes and vision, um, is format. And I notice a lot of people get really, really caught up. I see two camps. One, I see people who go like wild and crazy with like all these designs and all these colors and all these crazy fonts. And the reality is like unless you're looking for a graphic design job or a job that requires you to have that more graphic-y side of things, those are entirely unnecessary. Um, and what I do find is those tend to be harder to read sometimes in general, depending on the colors that you choose, um, you know, from an accessibility standpoint as well. There's, you know, the fonts. And so I always, or, and I'm a person, I, I'm a maximalist, y'all. Like some of you, many of you have seen my background in Zoom and I have art everywhere and I have a yellow couch and a blue wall and you know, my rug in my office is I'm looking at it now. It's pink and blue and yellow and white and all these things. I'm a maximalist. Don't get me wrong. However, when it comes to your resume, keeping it a simple, clean format that is easy to read is more important than making it pretty. So it can be pretty. I don't want to take away. Maybe you have a cool border. Maybe there's like, what? maybe there's something you want to add. What? You know, you do you. Again, there's no... There's no, I don't want to be the end all be all on having a, a, a you know, a, a visually appealing, graphically designed resume, okay? However, 
it's very important that before that it is clear it is easy to read there's a lot of there's a, a good amount of white space so that way i can see in between each lines i know where my eye knows where to go i'm not i'm not getting distracted by your design so i want you to ask that if you have a designed resume asking yourself like is my design more of a distraction or is it helping to amplify if it's helping to amplify cool keep it. I'm down with it. But nine times out of 10, when I see designed resumes, they are a distraction and I can't actually find the information that I need on the resume clear enough to move forward with that candidate or want, you know, or, or get the information that I need to make that decision. You have to remember too, that people, the reality is people are not reading your resume line by line by line. They're spending maybe 10, maybe 15 seconds on it. If they're spending 10 of those 15 seconds looking at the design, is would you prefer that or do you want them to actually read the content? So thinking about that because having a clean format is so, so nice. <laughs> I'm telling you from a hiring manager perspective to be able to go in and, and get the information that I need. And so that also means, and kind of going back to my first point of, when you are creating this clean, crisp, crisp is like the word I like to use, crisp format of your resume, making sure that the font size is appropriate. I see a lot of people going down to like size eight to fit it all on one page or fit it all on two pages, right? If you, if it's, first of all, it's okay. I'm not even gonna touch that much on the topic of one or two page resumes because it doesn't make a difference at all. Um, but if you are, uh, you know, going on to two, three pages, a, that tells me you probably don't know your niche. We got to go back and, and, and clean things up a little bit. Um, but B, you don't want to make it so it, the font is so small just to get it on those two pages. There's most likely things that you can just clean, clean up and, and get rid of. And so making sure the format is clean. It's not too fancy. Um, your name is highlighted on there. From a formatting perspective too, it's easy for me to find your email address. It's easy for me to find your phone number. It's easy for me to find your LinkedIn or your website or your portfolio, depending on the type of role. Um, I've had some people who have put QR codes on there. Uh, that's fine too, but remembering that the QR code, they're gonna be then having to use their phone. Um, and so whatever it is that you want them to look at, they're gonna be looking at on their on their mobile device, right? So if that's how they're emailing you, you're getting your contact information, I wouldn't suggest that. Um, if you wanna add something you know, extra that's a QR code, then by all means do that. But the pertinent information someone needs, allow them to be able to either click on it if it's a hyperlink um, or if their ATS doesn't allow it, they can at least copy and paste and put it into their web browser um, here. So not only with your format, keeping it clean and nice and easy to read for the person, but also making it easy for them if there is anything supplemental that they're able to quickly access it. And I like to think about it again from a learning lens. You know, if we're making learning really complicated for people by the, oh, you have to scan this QR code and then enter this there and then do that, we're going to lose them. But if it's just here, click this hyperlink or copy and paste this hyperlink into your browser, right? they're going to be much more likely to actually follow through with looking at it. So formatting is huge. Make sure your name is legible, that you're, there's enough white space. Um, I teach this, we'll teach this inside of the resume reprogram masterclass as well about like, what do we actually mean by white space and what does that look like? I give you all many examples in there as far as templates go. Uh, I share my favorite templates as well, uh, but Etsy uh, is a really great place to uh, to get 
to get templates. Um, you know, you can buy them sometimes for like a dollar or two dollars even. I've seen some some great ones there. But I'll share my my most favorite inside of the L&D resume reprogram live. But format, format, format. Make sure it's clean, not too fancy, that your design isn't overpowering your resume. And remembering, someone's looking at it for 10, 15, maybe 20 seconds. Um, are they able to find what they need or are they distracted by your design? Or are they distracted by having to like go through a million hoops to actually get what they need from you? Okay, so the third thing I want to talk about is... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I pause because I want to talk about skills, uh, but I think a lot of people do skills, I hate to say wrong, but not wrong. I'm going to take that back. <laughs> you guys are getting an actual, uh, uh, actual what, it, what it's like inside my brain. It's not wrong. It's just not helpful to themselves. Um, so call that what you want to call it, but some people like it and like to have a skill section. I believe that your resume should tell the story like of like of your skills. So for example, if I'm a hiring manager, which I have been and work very closely with them, if I'm looking at a skills section of yours, let's say that one of your skills is graphic design. Okay, great. Well, what I look at graphic design as, you know, someone who is inside of Adobe Photoshop and who is, you know, in InDesign and creating all these things, whatever it may be. Your idea of graphic design may be utilizing a different program or something completely different, right? So so now what's happening is, is you're telling me you have this skill. I see this skill, but our definitions of that skill are very different. Um, same thing. It could be instructional design. I could be looking at that as like, oh, here's someone who can you know create all my e-learning for me and for you it might be instructional design around you know a full a full blend a full suite of ILT and and maybe it's some e-learning and maybe it's you know blended learning programs or social cohorts or whatever it is right and so again we are using the same term or the same skill but we don't have the same the same definition of it. So that's why I don't like skill sections. Also too, when it comes to, to level, right? So I might I might want someone who who is an expert at something. I see that on your skill. Maybe it's not a, a expert level that you have or our leveling is off. So that's why I don't like the skill section. Instead, and I'm gonna teach this really high level. Um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna teach this, I'm gonna dive deep. <laughs> I'm going to dive deep. We're talking high level today. We're going to dive deep inside of the um, the resume reprogram uh, pro, uh, program, resume program program, uh, the live program uh, in how do we actually define skills and what do we do in terms of showcasing them? So what I want to leave you all with today is your skills section should tell the story. Right. So it should tell the story of not only, you know, each line, each each bullet should tell a story. That's what I like to think. You know, your resume tells one big story. Your bullets are like the the chapters, right? They kind of the chapters with this plus a synopsis. So really looking at each bullet from the lens of it being about one particular skill. And then walking us through in that one to two sentences that you're showcasing it what it is you did and how you did it. So a lot of people stop with that what what they did, right? So let's say they're talking about instructional design. So they'll say, you know, designed 40 plus e-learning modules and leave it at that, right? Leave it at that. 
Or maybe they're saying they design 40 plus e-learning modules and you'll tell me on what software or for what software or in what subject. I see that a lot, right? Telling you about, I, I designed 40 plus e-learning modules or courses or whatever it is on leadership development, technology implementation, soft skills, whatever. Where most people miss on that skills section or that skills in highlighting the skills is the how you did it, right? So telling me what like what the outcome was essentially, like what you produced, that's amazing, cool, awesome. But how you did it is actually what tells me that you have the skill set I'm looking for. So I want you to think about that when you go through your resume. I want you to ask yourself, for each of these bullets that I have, am I actually am I actually telling someone what the skill is that I utilize and how I utilize it? Because then that tells me when I look at it from a hiring manager perspective, I see, oh, this person did this and here's how they did it. Amazing. I want them to do that that way with me at my company, with my project. So the skills, it's less about saying, here's all the skills that I have, yay! And it's more about showcasing how you utilize those skills, okay? I know that can get a little confusing, especially on a podcast, (laughs) Um, but what I want you to take away from that is just, are you explaining how you utilize these? If putting putting yourself in a hiring manager's position, would someone know how it is that you actually tackle this. And again, we're gonna dive very, very, very deep into that inside of the L&D Resume Reprogram Live program that we're doing. And you'll get feedback from me, you'll get feedback from our resume coach, Emma, and you'll get your resume review. And so if you're like, wait, what are you talking about? I need more help on this. (laughs) Come and join us in there because we will dive deep into that. But really at the end of the day, what I want you to take away from that is it's not – the what you did is great, but the how you did it is better. All right. So the the next thing I want to talk about is impact. And I think a lot of people struggle or on the struggle bus around how do I talk about the impact. And most people think that in order to talk about the impact that your program had or that line item that you're talking about or that skill that you utilized, that it has to be monetary or it has to be uh, even 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 a number, right? A metric. And so the thing is, and many of you know this, that in the L&D world, a lot of things are hard to measure. Uh, we're getting better at it. And you know, I focus a lot with my executive coaching clients on measurement. It's a big piece. Um, something that's really important to me. But it's not always easy. And oftentimes, we are a part of something that's maybe measured somewhere else, right? Or in a, in a, in a, from a, a big perspective. And, you know, say for example, retention. So a lot of maybe what we do is helping to retain great talent, but we might not necessarily know exactly how our programs are, you know, what the exact percentage is that our programs are adding to the retention versus something else, right? So maybe there's an employee engagement program going on maybe now there's a change in values or management right there's so can be so many things so we know we're a part of it so what I want you to think about is impact does not have to be numerical doesn't have to be a specific metric right we but I want you to think about what what is the intended impact and did we have a hand in that 
So for example, I'll use the retention. You know, it, for, I worked for a company for many years and we were getting feedback on our employee engagement surveys that people were, I'm sorry, on, on our exit surveys, that people were leaving because they didn't feel that they had the right leadership development. And so we spent many months and we implemented a new leadership development program with the hopes of reducing retention. And we did. So as we saw the exit exit interviews go go down, uh, or exit interviews happen, we saw the re- retention, the turnover rate go down, retention go up. Um, so we could claim that, right? We could claim that our efforts helped to increase retention by X percent. But the other part is, and what we were able to do to be able to say that is that we were looking not just at the quantifiable data, which was, okay, here's retention numbers then, here's retention numbers now, but we also were able to say that we had a hand in that because we looked at the qualitative data. So in the previous surveys, like I was mentioned before, in the qualitative data, people said that they were writing, "We, I'm, I want to get the next level in my career. I'm not getting the leadership development that I wanted, or I really struggled with leading my teams here." And at every exit interview, we were seeing, we were seeing less people leave just in general, but people leaving and not mentioning that. And so we can start to look at impact and say, okay we are hearing this less and less and less so we can make that assumption. And so I want you to think about that too as you are putting your resume together that we may not always have the exact data or the exact number, but what else can you be looking at from a qualitative perspective or look back and think about from a qualitative perspective as well? Were people more engaged? I know that's a really, really hard metric. And I know it's a buzzword right now, so I'm kind of like even annoyed myself at saying it, but it is true. Like we, at the end of the day, we want people to be engaged with our learning. I know that word has been like held hostage by people, but it's true. We want we want people to to watch it and to, and to be a part of it and to to feel like they're a part of it as well. And so if you're even noticing, right, an, an uptick in engagement, that doesn't necessarily mean uptick in participation. Those are two different things. But an uptick in engagement and you're noticing that, hey, in all of the sessions that we're having, maybe it's an ILT that you're doing, instructor-led training, and we're noticing, hey, wow, like, session after session, people are asking more thoughtful questions. People are diving in deeper. People are responding more to each other. You're increasing engagement, right? You're creating that. So I want you to start to think too, when you are putting your resume together, it's not just about the numbers and the quantitative. That's great. And if you have it, I love it. Um, But it's also the qualitative. So keep that in mind because a lot of people just kind of skip over it. It's like, well, I don't, I, I wasn't able to measure it wasn't able to measure it. A lot of times we are, just not with a number. And so keep that in mind. All right. And again, we're going to go into impact. Um, we're, we'll go really deep into it inside of the, the L&D resume reprogram program. Uh, but I want to kind of give you a, that high level here in terms of it doesn't always have to be a number. Okay. The last thing I I kind of talked about this in terms of like the, the skills and talking through through skills. But Really at the end of the day, so we're going to go, we, we kind of we started out macro, we went in micro, we're coming back out macro again. What I want to leave you with is asking yourself, does my resume tell the story? Does it really tell, if I think about what it is I want to do next, how I want to do it, for who I want to do it for, is my resume telling that story? And so here's where I really encourage you to be really, really, really specific about 
the stories that you're telling in your resume and what you're keeping in there and what you're taking out. And I, well, I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And as I'm writing, the one thing that I keep thinking in my mind is if I had to pay $50 for every word that's in this book, right? Or right now it's a proposal, but would I keep it in there? Right? If I had to pay someone, say, like, is it that important to me to have that in there? And I want you to ask yourself that. You know, if you had to pay $50, if you let's up the ante, $100 for every line item in your resume, if you had to pay that, is would you say like, okay, yeah, like this, all of these are worth it? Probably not. And I, I'd, I'd really encourage you to pay for the ones that are telling the story, that align with what it is you want to do next, how you want to do it, and for who you want to do it for. So be hyper vigilant. Be be really, really picky with what stays in your resume. And remember, like just because it's not on your resume doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I think, again, we get really, really attached to things and proud of things and as you should be. And just because it's not in your resume, it doesn't mean you can't talk about it in an interview if it comes up. It doesn't mean it's not a skill that you have. It just means that it's not one that you're you're showcasing at this moment. And maybe in a year from now, you change your mind. I always use the example of facilitation. For me, that's what I love to do for so long. It gave me so much energy. It lit me up like no other. I could have I could facilitate. I used to facilitate four days in a row, eight hours a day, on my feet, wearing heels. Now I don't even like wear shoes most of the days. Um, but uh, and it didn't matter. I was just so energized, and eventually that faded. I learned other skill sets in the learning and development world that I wanted to flex. I wanted to lead people. I wanted to be more strategic. Uh, and so my love of facilitation turned eventually turned into something that was more draining to me. And that's okay. It changed. Like We change. Uh, but what was happening is that I kept showcasing myself and telling the story that I was a facilitator. And so in every role I was taking on, everything I was doing, I was always, I always ended up facilitating. And I couldn't understand for a long time why I kept getting myself in that position. Well, it's because that was the story that my resume was telling, is that I was a facilitator. And so once I took took that off and I made, I said, that's not the story I want to tell anymore. That's not who I want to be. And I started showcasing my leadership capabilities, my design capabilities, my strategic capabilities, my influential capabilities, my consulting capabilities, all these things that I had. And not just showcasing my my facilitation, those opportunities came my way because that's the story I wanted to tell. And inside of uh, L&D Career Summer Camp, I talked about this last week, um, but inside of um, Nicole from Your Instructional Designer, she did a whole session on personal branding. And she said, you know, your personal brand is a story that others tell about you. Well, the thing about your resume, it's a story you tell about yourself. It's a story that you tell about yourself. So you are in control of every word on that page, every single word. So I really want you to think about what story is this telling? And is this the story I want? Is this the story I want to be telling? And you have control over that. 
So those are my five, I don't even want to call them tips necessarily, but five things to really consider as you are looking at your resume. I almost like a little mini resume audit of all of those things. Um, again, we're going to go through this um, in detail, my friends, inside of the L&D Resume Reprogram two-week live program. Uh, again, you'll have, for two full weeks, you'll have daily access to me through our app, which I just love hanging out with you all in there. Um, we will, uh, you'll get asynchronous module drops too that will walk you through the strategy piece. So I always like to deliver strategy asynchronously. Like I said before, it gives you all an opportunity to do it at your own pace and in your own time. Uh, and then we get to come together inside of our daily coaching space uh, and catch up depending on, you know, what time works for you and those type of things too. So it's an opportunity for us to have high touch while also giving you some flexibility. And then we're going to have a resume office hours session. We'll get to come and we'll deep dive and ask any questions that you have. We can workshop specific things about your resume in there um, and then everyone will get a uh, resume review. And if you're already in the L&D Career Club, you already get two resume reviews as, as part of being that. Um, plus you get access to this this uh, live session as well. Um, so yeah, come and join us, theovernighttrainer.thinkific.com. I'll put the link in the show notes here. And I cannot wait for you to hang out with us and get your new kick-ass reprogrammed resume up and running. All right, I'll see you next week, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to the L&D Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.